Look. Have mercy on me. Have mercy What's up, everybody, and welcome back to On the Bluff, presented by our good friends at Carmigo, the easiest way to sell your car on the internet. And when I say easy, I mean extremely easy. All you got to do, send a couple pictures, answer a couple questions, give some information, and Carmigo basically does the rest. They have a, 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 a network. Nationwide network. A Whoa, nationwide network. Yes, sir. Worry-free, hassle-free, but yeah. nationwide network of all seller or all buyers, I should say. And they're yeah. going to get you the best offer yeah. just about immediately. Very, very quickly. And they deal with all the paperwork. They deal with all of it, so you don't have to dive into all that. Yeah, thank you for the save Bore there. yourself. Got, got tongue-tied on the ends. But, yes, a nationwide network, say that 100 times fast, of dealers. Uh, they have great relationships with dealerships to save you the time from going to dealerships. So, like I said, carmigo.io slash on the bluff. You can get $50 off, and they will make it extremely easy on you. Take some pictures, answer some questions. They'll handle the paperwork for you, and they can get you offers in as little as a day. So once again, head over to carmigo.io slash on the bluff for $50 off. Gabe Coon, we're back. Uh, we are. Y'all, y'all, y'all sort of backdoored me. No, we did not backdoor you. Um, there were some lost files. Um, <laughs> lost files. Yeah. Never going to be recovered. Huh? Yeah. No, they will never be. They will never see the light of day. <laughs> only, only us three will know what was recorded last week. Uh, oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, it was, it was like that. It and was like that. by process of elim- elimination, it wasn't my fault and it wasn't Gabe's fault. So that leaves one man standing. Stubbs. Yeah. Yeah, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny. At uh, least, oh, yeah, he's owning it. I get you. Yeah. We, we, as Kenny said on the episode last week, the impromptu episode last week that he and I did together, um, we're working with a new setup and. The big fella either didn't press a button or accidentally pressed the button, leading to no audio. I had so, to ask if y'all needed me. Yeah, this this week. week yeah, I said hi. <laughs> yeah, hi. I texted the group chat. Hey, hey, how are y'all doing? <laughs> you still need me? Guys? Still, yeah. Am I still part of the club? Yeah. Um. So so we could have released the episode last week, but there would have been no audio. Okay. So it probably wouldn't have been very pleasing. <laughs> yeah, uh, no. Just to see us sit here, uh, basically in mute. Yeah. That would that would been, not have been you know. that would have been cool to anybody. So unfortunately, we had to do Zoom last week. Kenny and I held it down. We didn't want to bother Gabe. Did he catch any of the pre-show? Uh, did he record any of the pre-show before the pre-show. we uh, before we get going? Oh, I got. Listen, there is everything, but I have no audio. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. So. So. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Possibly. All right. We have some outtakes every once in a while. I it's wish people would every see once them. in a while every they'd, week they'd laugh their ass off. Yeah, maybe like episode 100 or something, we'll release like a blooper reel, maybe 50, who knows? Okay, good deal. But there's a, there's a lot of bloopers yeah. from the last... <laughs> when I'm 52 and we have episode yeah. 100. <laughs> hey, it'll sneak up on. We got the 30 pretty dang quick. Yeah. So. Um, Gabe, what'd you do this weekend? Uh, I was at a... Uh, man, just saying, like, I'm, I just turned 28. Yep. I am right in that sweet spot of everybody around me is getting married. We're having bachelor parties all the damn time. So I was at a bachelor party, another bachelor party. Yep. If this it's not a weekend, if it's not a bachelor party for you, it's a wedding. Pretty much yes, every correct. weekend. Yes, lock yes. It in. And my 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 buddy who had to reschedule his bachelor party wants to have his bachelor party at the end of this month, and his wedding will be uh, in July. So shortly thereafter, 
Man, yep. I'm just loaded up. Yeah, I just I, nonstop. But I was I was on Kentucky Lake, Camden, Tennessee. Yeah, Camden, Tennessee. First time being out there. Different spot for a bachelor trip. Not like your not I mean, your normal. Well, they had they had a little setup, and one yeah. of the one of the groomsmen has a uncle that lives out there on a a lot of land, nice house right on the lake. So. It was it was good good little setup for the weekend. Did y'all just stay on the lake all day Saturday. Yeah, so Friday, let me think about this. We went to a little get together at his buddy's house, had a bunch of barbecue and everything, and then Saturday we were out on the lake all day. Which it's just like Pickwick, same thing, right? Same idea. It's dammed up, and then you have the lake. So it was cool, man. I enjoyed myself. Get back Sunday night. Sunday morning, I was actually one of the first ones up. I was up at like seven thirty a.m. because I had a I had an early bedtime. Well, early compared to them. I was, yeah. I was in, in bed like 11.30. They woke me up at like 1.30. I'm like, what the hell are you waking me up for? <laughs> let me let sleep. Me, let me sleep. But I got up at like 7 a.m. rest of those dudes. I, I texted one guy in the party who was out. He was out late, I guess, partying at the bars in good old Camden. Yeah. Which I... As you do. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but I, I didn't. I just I, I hung around at the house. Yeah. But he uh, he was the one who woke me up. And I texted him because I thought I left my keys for a while, found them in my luggage later. I said, you know, check for my keys. And I got a text back at like 2 p.m. <laughs> He's like, sorry, dude, just woke up. I'm like, damn, man. It's brutal. I ended up getting home at like 10.30. Yeah, because it's only, what, like a two and a half, two, two, two and a half hour? Two, two yeah, flat it's not, two. Yeah, it's not bad It's not that all. far. It's yeah. not that far. But it was, that, man, Kentucky Lake's a good time. Yeah, I'll it's, get, pre I'll, it's I'll pretty out there. Yeah, it's nice. Not, it's mu pretty. not much out there, but it, it's... Good little landscape out it, there. It works. Yeah, it works for. I mean, you just guys a couple had days. Fun. Yeah, we it's had fun. Matter. What about you? You were on the lake. You said what lake? Yeah, Sardis. Sardis. Okay. Yeah. I hear uh, good things about Sardis. I mean, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just is an old, dirty lake, pretty much. Just what isn't though in the south, really? I mean, there's a lot of nice lakes like in Arkansas and Alabama and stuff, but like, but all of them are relative. Like they're muddy. No, 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 no. Mm -mm, definitely not. Okay. All right. No, we I, go I to, feel uh, like I'm pushing a button here, and he's like, "You hear this, Kenny?" No, we go to we go just to getting offended. We go to Smith Lake every year in Alabama, and it's like one of the top ten clearest lakes okay. in the Smith in the country. Lake, Smith Lake is unbelievable. Okay. Then yeah. yeah, you got like I'm wrong. Like Smith is nice. Uh, Heber Springs is nice. Yeah. Lake Hamilton is not like pretty much everything in Arkansas is really nice. Yeah. Um, and there's a couple other ones in Alabama too. But, Kentucky Lake's nice and muddy. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Friday night, a couple of us just hung out, went to mugshots, had some burgers. Yeah, good time. What's yeah. mugshots? It's like just a just a bar, bar and grill. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. Um, then we played poker Friday night. Did you lose? I lost. Yeah. They, what what y'all's buy in? We just did twenty. We okay. just did twenty dollar buy in, and then if you wanted to buy back in, you could buy back in for as much as you wanted. Oh, okay. But we ended up playing so long that everybody was like, okay. Well, that's... Oh, that's we're, at a we're at a stalemate here. Everybody just go all that's in. That's inevitable. Yeah it, yeah, it is. So everybody went all in and, you know... Somebody won on a pair of twos. Won <laughs> a pair of queens, yeah. but yeah. Someone won it all. And then Saturday, we went out to to Sardis. My best friend, Michael. Michael's parents have a boat. So we took their boat. And then... This is going to be so complicated to explain. But his future brother-in-law... Okay. Brother, okay, also has a boat. So it's his sister's fiance's. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I hate don't got you, but the, you got the, it. The, the the lineage stuff is always hard to explain. They're they're related. 
No. Kind of. No. By marriage. They will be. be through yes. marriage. Yeah, they will be. Yes. But yeah, we had 21 people out there with us, uh, both both boats full of people. Rolling, had, rolling deep again, Gabe. Always. 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 Yeah, 21 folks. I don't that. know how they ever get into restaurants, Kenny. <laughs> like, how do they ever get in? How do they so, sit down anywhere? They are that crew that comes walking in and everybody that, everybody's like, ah, <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, really. <laughs> they walk in and the in the... And the whoever's sitting them down, the hostess is like, right. yeah, it's going to be about an hour and a half, easily. Yeah, so actually, I ended up going back at like 5 or 6 o'clock because I had plans that night to go to the casino with mm. yeah, with my cousins and my sister and her husband. We had all planned it like but you didn't. last week. No, I did. Oh, okay. We had all planned it last weekend, and so everyone else other than me, they ended up going out to eat, and that's they went to one spot, and they were like two and a half hour wait. And they ended up having to go somewhere else. Oh no shit, y'all are rolling up twenty deep. Exactly. <laughs> so Lord. so yeah, I was on the lake until like five o'clock. Drove home like forty five minute drive home. Changed, went to the casino or went to dinner, then went to the casino. Got home around midnight. And did you I win at least from that? If you like, lost, you, if you lost your poker game. I didn't, a little bit I didn't even I didn't even gamble to be straight with you. What? No. You went to the casino just to... I mean, like I said, it is pre planned. It's something that had been planned, just family. So you hanging just out. went to the casino. Yeah, just, just watch everybody else play. I don't know what to say. <laughs> That's boring as hell. I had fun. Sure. I had a great sure time. Sure you did. Yeah, I mean, I don't have to spend money to have a good you time. You show up to the casino, don't bet, yeah. you don't drink. Yeah. So you just sat there behind them over their shoulder watching. Well, they played like virtual roulette and stuff okay. like that. So, I, we, you know, it's like a big. I know. I get what you're talking about. But like, strike, I, I couldn't do it. It's fine with me. Actually, we tried to go to Horseshoe, but your boy's uh, ID expired on his birthday three months ago. So they had they actually had a scanner and they didn't let me in. Okay. And so we had to go to Gold Strike because they don't have a scanner. They just look at them. Just up, why didn't you update it? I didn't know it expired. Okay. I had no idea. And then he scanned it and he was like, he's like, I can give you, you 30 me, days. You got me worried. No, <laughs> I have my wallet. I don't have my wallet. I need to check when mine expires. He, he was basically like, we can give you a 30 day grace period. But after that, no. Nah. He was like, you're like two and a half months. And I was like, okay, I'm going to Gold Strike. They won't care. I got to say, that sounds painful. You show up to. A casino, you can't get in. You're yep. not gonna drink. You're not gonna gamble. And then you don't. And then you get go in. to. You don't get in. You go to another one, which probably took what 15 minutes. Pack up the no, car. No, it's and get right going. next to it. It's right next door. And okay. Tunica, and Tunica, all the casinos. Okay, are right I was there. gonna say, but then you have to take everybody over to that one. You yeah. get in and you still didn't drink or gamble. So. No. Yeah. All right. That's your. It's your. It's your life. You can live it how you want. Yeah. People call it. people call me boring. That's for sure. Let's not get it twisted. <laughs> <I> <laughs> people call you. me boring, but hey, I have fun I in these you. situations, so it doesn't matter to me. Okay, okay. But I was tapped out, dude. Like you know, I mean, I'm sure you were on Saturday too. Like when you're out in the sun on the lake oh, all day. Oh, yes. That's a different sun, kind of tired. The sun drain. Yes. Oh, God. Like eyes are glassy and red from being out in the sun all day, <sighs> and then go to the. I casino. didn't get burnt though. Luckily, again, you didn't. Yeah, I didn't get burned. You got apply. Some good sun, yeah. Did you apply a lot. Sun. Yeah, I did. Fair too. amount. I put sun. I think I put sunscreen on my face like fifteen times. Yeah, because my face. Because I'm get, wearing sunglasses. I don't want to get that sunglass tan. That's the last. Not thing a you sunglass. You don't want the raccoon guy. eyes. I do not wear sunglasses. Kenny, can I get up and leave? What's up with this guy, man? Hey, I'm. 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 He's got I, yeah. some. He's got I some don't very wear good. sunglasses. I, do, I just don't. Like I go them. to the casino just to watch. <laughs> like what? 
What is this? Counterculture, bro. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right, man. I got you. It's trendsetter. Did you get a lot of gold stars when you were in a, uh, elementary school in like kindergarten, first grade? I mean, probably. Did they pat you on the back? Were you like model citizen? Were you the line leader? I don't think so. You had to be. I did hate getting in trouble at school. <laughs> well, I, I didn't it. like getting in trouble at school. But, but like, it terrified me to get in trouble yeah. at school. Okay. It legitimately freaked me out. You got me tripped out, though, I man. know. And then I had to take a nap on Sunday, for sure. Got a mean nap. Imagine think you're thinking you're stronger than the sun with no <laughs> sunglasses. I think Wear some damn sunglasses. I think, I mean, I just, I've never worn them, so I, it just doesn't affect me really like that and i have darker eyes you know people with like with lighter eyes usually are more sensitive to the sun uh, uh, okay hey all right you got, you got it i own some I, I bought multiple pairs but then i just i won't wear them like i'll wear them once or twice and be like oh okay i probably have like four pairs of sunglasses that i've worn a combined eight to ten times if i'm out on the lake for like multiple hours or out at the pool for multiple hours i don't know i i mean i have to wear sun i I might Sunglasses be, have to be on my face. Usually I'm the only one that doesn't. Yeah. That is just, that's not good for you. It can't be good for your eyes. Probably not. Yeah. Probably not at all. Okay. So then we capped off the weekend with a little pickleball last there night. There we go. Nice. From about 8 to 10.30 or 8 to 10. Pickleball is catching on in the United States of America. It I got to say. It's fun. Have you played? Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. In high school. In like, high school? Yeah, they used to like set up pickleball courts for like our gym. That's crazy. I didn't even know about it yeah. until like a year ago. I didn't even know it existed until like a year ago. Well, like, what is it? Like KD and LeBron all bought into the National Pickleball League? Yeah. No, yeah. it's blowing up. It's taking yeah. off. It, it used to be like an old person game. Yeah, definitely. Like an older person game. Definitely. It's starting to catch a young wave. But yeah. Like if you, if you go, or last year at least, if you go to like Cameron Brown or something where they're playing pickleball... Mostly old people. Yeah. Mostly old people. <laughs> they got like headbands but on and like good. knee braces. Yeah, they got, definitely got sweatbands on, but they are <laughs> yeah, dirty. Well, They've been playing for a long time. Yeah, they know what they're doing. Yeah. They stand at the net. And, and they, they just, get those fast rallies yeah, going. Yes, yeah. yeah. Looks like Wii Tennis. You're yeah, that's Wii exactly tennis. what it looks they're like. Just they're yeah. just, I don't even know how their hand-eye coordination still works at that level, but hey. Good for them. Good for them. Yeah. I hope I'm 65 and still yeah. still. Being active Out there and playing in my knee braces and ankle braces and sweatband on my head. You get off your wheelchair to play. Yeah. Wearing my SPF 70 out there <laughs> while I'm just like. It's yeah. like 78 degrees. Yeah. Partly cloudy. <laughs> but still. But still, you got to. Yeah. I'm going to have like that. You ever see like the, the back sunblock? The, the sunblock the where it's real thick on the nose. Yeah, yeah. that's going to be me. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. All right, Gabe. Let's uh, Let's talk about what the people came for. We've got some freaking news to talk about this week. A lot of it. Thank the Lord it's been dry for a month and a half, two months. On Monday morning, close to afternoon, Memphis landed its first commit since... Who was the last commit? Since uh, Jonathan Jalen Young. Jalen Young, you're right. Yep. Last, let's say, higher profile commit yeah, since, right. since Jonathan Pierre, yeah. right? Because yeah. Jalen Young, it really did kind of slip under the radar, and it... It was it was news. I'm not saying it wasn't news, but it well TFAL Leonard would have been right after. Jonathan they were all they, they were yeah, all, they were the all close. Time. They were all lumped. Anyway, uh, Memphis landed St. John's transfer David Jones, and I I'm a big fan of this kid. He was mm-hmm. at DePaul for two years, transferred to St. John's. The big question a couple weeks ago, when or last week I believe, when it came up that he had visited Memphis, he posted some uh, pictures on Instagram where he was. At the facility, 
was okay, this is a three year guy, like this is gonna be a waiver guy. He probably you know, he usually guys don't graduate in three years, so it was like Okay, cool. Memphis is recruiting David Jones, but will he even get that waiver from the NCAA? Will he be able to play this year? Uh, Parth tweeted out right after the commitment that he had done some digging and that he had graduated. Yeah. So that he's immediately eligible, which makes this impressive, news, by the way, too. Yeah. All, yeah. Definitely impressive to graduate early, but it makes this news way bigger because there's. It, it seems there will be no waiting process and you won't have to play that game with the NCAA and you won't have to wait on the waiver and you don't have to wait uh, or, or this isn't a guy now that potentially could not play for the first eight to ten games or you know not cleared until right in the beginning of the season or you know not cleared at all and doesn't you know play until the following year um, so what do you think David Jones how does he fit how, in? How, how could I think anything other than besides damn hell of a job Penny, yeah. Penny just figures it out man like that's what he does yep and like this was quiet very like usually you hear smoke we've been talking about it. you hear some smoke usually it leads into something we've we uh, going through the Penny Hardaway era it's always like that this one was quiet until we saw him on his Instagram taking an official visit to the University of Memphis and you say okay if he gets on campus generally like the hit rate of dudes that come on official visits is ridiculous. I want to go back. I want somebody to go back and do like a the official visits that have been taken and the percentage of the guys that actually commit after that. Yeah. It's ridiculous the hit rate that Penny Hardaway and that staff have when they get guys here um, and they bring them in and they go to Penny's Nitty Gritty and do all that fun stuff. Yeah. They coastal fish at times. Like they, they just go around town and have a good time. But no, I love this kid. 6'6, 210. Uh, versatile. It fits exactly the mold of what they've already gotten in this this, this class with TFAL Leonard Jr. with Jonathan Pierre. The defensive upside's really good. He's lengthy. He's got game there. Offensively, 13 points per game in the Big East. How could I hate that? Yeah. I, I think the percentages, the shooting percentages, leave a little bit to be desired. Like 39% from the field. 39 and 29. And 29% from three. Like that doesn't. You know, the shooting, if you wanted shooting, this is probably not the guy you need to look at. But the 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 versatility he has could play the three or the four. Um, he rebounds at a high level. He's tough. He gets uh he, he gets those sort of uh dirty, grungy minutes at times. Yeah. He did that throughout Big East play last year. I, I love the pickup. And this is when you're looking at the transfer portal, this was like one of the top guys left yep. that you could have capitalized on, and here we are. Penny, yeah. Penny's got him. Yeah, and there were multiple big schools after him. So, like, you know, some people when they see a commitment are like, are they like, you know, is this legit? Is this someone that other schools wanted? Absolutely, David Jones was on a lot of schools' wish list with what he does, especially on the defensive end of the floor, kind of like you talked about, 13 points, nearly seven rebounds a game, a little over assist and a half a game, nearly one and a half steals per game. So very active player, like you mentioned, can play the three and the four, has solid but not, you know, outstanding crazy size or anything like right. that. So it's it, it's the perfect versatility pickup for them. What honestly, like the mold he fits to a certain extent, and I'm not saying he's the exact same player, <clears throat> but like, is this kind of like and I know this guy ended up playing like point guard at times when he was needed to, but it's kind of almost like Feels like a similar skill set to Elijah McCadden with maybe without the maybe the handle that Elijah had and yep. being able to bring it up the floor. But he can he can throw guys open. Like he had a couple of games this year where he had four assists, five assists, six assists. Like yep. he he can get guys open. He's really good at slashing, getting to the rim. Um he can put up a three, although it's not his forte. He could 
definitely strengthen that up, but it feels sort of like a, a little as a player, like an Elijah McCadden build to a certain Yeah, extent. that's that's exactly what, what Kenny said earlier. We did a, a breaking news podcast on it and that was that was kind of Kenny's comparison to a guy that can you can really plug and play anywhere. Like like you mentioned, there was times where Elijah was playing point. There was times where Elijah was playing the four and was really excelling anywhere that Penny and the staff put him. And David Jones kind of has that same that same feel about him yeah. that he can do a little bit of everything, and, and maybe even a little bit similar to Caleb Mills, not in play style, but in the fact that he may not be spectacular at any one thing, but he's really good above average at a lot of different things. Yeah. Obviously, rebounding the ball, good score, good defensively, and to me, the point that it brings up, we talked, me and Kenny talked about this last week. On the podcast, we talked about it today on the Breaking News podcast, and I kind of want to see what you think about this. With what Penny and the staff have done since day one, we've been since day one of you know recruiting this year, we've talked about the center and the point guard. Yep. Neither one of those things have come to fruition the way that we thought, but it feels like this is a and Penny's had this in the past, but this feels like the first time there's been a real true switch to positionless basketball yeah no this this is exactly what the, that is i yeah. mean 100 percent. you have i mean you, the smallest guy on the floor right now will be like caleb mills probably yeah. and he's six four yeah you know what i mean and, and like you have jonathan pierre who could play two through four you have uh tfao leonard who could probably depending on the situation give you two through four mm-hmm. you have this you have david jones who could give you three and four at least right at the yeah. very least like you just have so many versatile playmakers good defensive upside like this this the, beyond the offense because i think david jones provides a lot of offense that is so needed even though it may not be shooting even though he may not be a full-time wing player score or a point guard that people want to see in the in that role it's another score but defensively this team is just like yep. If you're if you're an opposing coach going into a film room, watching how long they are, how athletic they are, how they can get out and run, you're going to be terrified, right? Because they can jump into passing lanes, take it the other way in a second, and go make that happen. Yeah, it, the the defensive versatility and, and upside. The, they that, have so much that they can challenge guys at the rim right. too. Like yeah. they're just so the the length and athleticism is insane. Yeah, I, I would say that would probably be if you had to pinpoint it right now. That would probably be their weakest point defensively is having a true rim protector. Right. I, I think their best option there is probably Nick Jordan, and he's solid there, but he's not. That's not. He's not a true rim protector. But you have so, a bunch of dudes that are six seven, exactly. six eight, six nine, six ten. Exactly. As far as clogging the passing lanes and just making guys see ghosts of just. You know, bodies going everywhere and guys clogging passing lanes, especially with TFAO Leonard and David Jones. Like, they are going to be a terror to opposing offenses because that's what they do. They're extremely active. They're long. They're athletic. They both can get up and down the floor. Like, when you, when you visualize what this team could look like next year defensively and in transition, they are perfectly built for that. Yeah. Everyone that they have that will be on the floor at one time can get up and down the floor, can potentially block shots, can get steals, can clog passing lanes, can make you know opposing players uncomfortable. I mean, just think about – we'll just throw something out there just because it's it's June and it's fun. But you got Caleb Mills at 6'4", like you mentioned. Yep. You've got TFA Leonard – at six seven, I saw him. I saw him listed at like six ten. Yeah. There was a thing going around on his, his driver's, driver's license. license. Yeah. yeah, 
So he's anywhere from 6'7 to 6'10. David Jones, 6'6. Jonathan Pierre, 6'9. Nick Jordan, 6'9. Like, say if that's your lineup, that is length. Yes. Like, you don't have a footer, no. No. But you've got five guys who can run, who can get up and down the floor, who can be interchangeable, who can bring the ball up the floor, who can steal the ball, who can finish at the rim. Uh, a lot of guys who can shoot. So it's just they're – I know we've been worried about these yeah. specific things, but like there are endless possibilities for lineups if this is the direction, and it appears that this is the direction. It, it goes straight back. It's crazy because like one, he gets this other guy, David Jones, and you you did want to see like a veteran point guard and a five or like a the, the position, yeah, yeah, the positions where it's like, well, you don't have any immediate thought of how those are going to work themselves out. But we come back, we get David, we see David Jones. Uh, the commitment, and you come back straight to the conversation we had about Jonathan Pierre, Tiafale, Leonard, yep. and Caleb Mills about the versatility. Yep, it's just straight. This whole lineup is going to be versatile next year. Now, offensively, it's fair to still have some questions about shooting and everything else, but you know what could alleviate that? If DeAndre Williams gets another year, man, yep. yeah, via that, a waiver. Yeah, that leads us straight into that because this has become a huge topic over the last week. Uh, rumors started circulating last Monday that this was a possibility, uh, and it was kind of a, a media roller coaster. After that, you had some people saying no, you had some well, people Munz, saying yes. Munz asked, Munz asked his mom, right? And she yeah, said yeah. no. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that anyone was right. reporting false information or anything, but yeah, no, you had, but it was it was yeah, it was back yeah, and forth, conflicting. So you, so you had Munz saying no, and then you had Parth um, going through the attorney and getting. You know, quotes from him that it w- was happening. So then you're in limbo of like, is this for real? Is it not? Uh, and then finally, everything kind of got settled in, and it was like, okay, this is real. Doc got a quote yep. uh, from DeAndre himself talking about wanting to come back. And so now this possibility becomes very interesting. Penny spoke with the media on Monday about it and said that he feels like DeAndre has a legitimate case. And I mean, when you look at it, you get five years, right? Yeah. And he played four. He, I mean, he does, but here's the thing is like, in the end of the day, it's up to the NCAA's discretion and the NCAA's discretion only right. on this. So they're judge, jury, executioner, if you will, yep. of this whole situation. The way it sounds is uh, Don Jackson, who is the attorney, he's the mm-hmm. same attorney that Penny had through IARP, and he's also done a lot of these uh, cases with NCAA player with student athletes where they're trying to recover eligibility. So this is a good guy for the job, but he's going to argue that coming out of prep because obviously DeAndre's whole career is just wild. Like yeah. his freshman year was 23 years old because he had homeschool. Then he didn't play for a year. Then he went to a prep school. Then he went to Evansville. Yeah. But the argument's going to be that the prep school coach gave him bad advice jumping into Evansville too early and none of his, his credits didn't transfer. Not none of them, but not all of them transferred over. So he was a, a non-qualifier when he got to Evansville, when in reality, he probably, if he could run it back and he knew all he knew now, he probably wouldn't have jumped into those waters. So he'd have an extra year. Right. That's going to be the argument. I don't know how it goes over. I don't, who knows? I don't know the timeline of the whole thing. Like, because the NCAA does not work, Overly fast, yeah. right? So uh, if he can come back, good Lord. Yeah. This team is right there at the top of the AAC. No questions asked. You have your offensive punch. You know where you're going to get it from. You have a guy who can bring along some of the young players Absolutely. that are on campus. He knows exactly what's expected of him. 
it's an NCAA tournament team again, and you don't have questions about it if DeAndre makes it back to campus. Yeah, I'm with you on that 100%. I, most of the reaction has been positive. I think there has been a little bit of negative from fans, just just because I think people are ready to kind of move on from what has been the last three or four years and have a new roster. But on the flip side of that, especially on the positive side of that, you get another guy that's coming back that knows the system, that knows the staff, that knows what it takes to be on this team and in this city. And I think that is so helpful to all these transfers that are coming in and to the young guys that are coming in, the freshmen that are coming in. So having a guy like DeAndre, having that leadership, because we've seen it throughout his career. Like every time they have on-floor huddles and stuff, like DeAndre is leading those. Like DeAndre is the one getting everyone where they need to be. He's the one uh, that's telling guys what they need to do. And we don't know who that is on this team. I'm not saying there isn't one of those guys on this team because I'm sure there is uh, with the experience that a lot of these players have. But to know 100% without a doubt you have that guy on roster – he knows Penny. Him and Penny are close. He knows how to get guys engaged. He knows how to win. He's been there. He's done that. He's been one of the best players in the conference. Like That is invaluable to a team, especially a team with so many new faces. Yep. So I'm all on board for it. I agree 100%. with you. I think if they get him back, they should be an NCAA <laughs> tournament team. We're talking about length and versatility and defensive prowess and uh, offensive firepower. He brings all, all of that, that. Yeah. plus leadership and experience. Yeah, like what he bring. I, like I said, what he brings to this team would be so invaluable, and he does take that team to the next level. Like right now, as it sits today, Memphis has one open scholarship. I can't keep up though, bro. Yeah, I know it's crazy, but Memphis has one open scholarship. Depending on what happens with Mikey Williams, if Mikey uh, ultimately makes it to Memphis, one scholarship. If he does not, two scholarships. There's two, there's two Hardaways on the roster too. There are that could. And a coach. But I'm just saying, like, that could maybe go walk on status, if you will, if they really wanted to free up another scholarship. I just, man, it's hard to keep up with it. Absolutely. He keeps it, he's he's honestly, Penny has gone the route of keeping everything close to the vest Mm -hmm. now. He's not real, he's not leaking much. No, nothing's coming out. But isn't it crazy, though? It's just insane to think DeAndre could come back and play again at age 27, coming back another year. It's crazy to think, man. How do y'all feel about it, though? Like, does it does it make you nervous to hold a scholarship for somebody? That's what he's doing. He said it today. He said it on Monday. He said this scholarship is being held until we figure out well, the DeAndre situation. If it's for DeAndre, no, uh, you shouldn't even feel a type of way. He's right. better than anybody you could have landed on the transfer yep. portal this year. That's so exactly like, that's it. That's exactly what I was about to say. You know, Memphis has one scholarship, and there is no player that is better to fill that scholarship than DeAndre Williams. I don't, I don't know I don't if there's think. anybody in, in the immediate where it's like, why would you? Who out there? Who's out there right now that could give you even half the impact that DeAndre has immediately when he steps back onto campus? I don't. I don't, I don't think there's anybody. No. I mean, so he, he's I a, would hold it. Like we talked about last year, you could. I, I believe he was the third best player in the conference, and we obviously had some debate on this, and you know, a lot of it was just to see where he stood. But I mean, there's an argument: second or third best player in the conference last year. Like he's yep. first team All AAC. Or, uh, Conference Player of the Year candidate if he comes back next year. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, like where does where does he fall in line in the conference? When you think about who's all leaving, like the guys that are gone, KD's gone, Taylor Hendricks gone, some of those guys that were the top players in the conference. Obviously, well now different FAU's teams, yes, different in. teams. I, John L. Davis and Elijah Martin are yeah. right there at the top, but DeAndre's still up there. 
Like yeah. DeAndre comes back, he's still one of the best players in this. And conference. also, FAU was very much last year very t- it's team basketball. Yeah, hundred. You didn't know who you were getting it from each night. Right. So it's like with DeAndre, you knew you were getting eighteen, 18. and eight yeah, every night. Like, so like as an individual player, yeah, he might be number one if he comes back. Yeah, he could be. And uh, then, and then you were t- you you added something a second ago saying that that's that offensive punch. We're not talking about offense anymore. Think about the way that these. That these points could be spread out. I mean, you got DeAndre, yep. a guy who averaged 18 points. You got uh, Caleb Mills, a guy who's averaged what's his highest, 13, 14 yep. points. You got David Jones, who just averaged 13 points. You got TFL Leonard, who averaged, I believe, nine points or yeah, so last like year. You got Jonathan Pierre, who was who had a great year at the D2 level. Obviously, we don't know the back half of his year was 20, that, 20, 20, right. 20, 20 he points. He could easily a be a 10 to 10 to 12 guy. Yeah. So you are but getting points. Last year, part this of it's was, pecking order though. Too, oh, you course. have to understand of like course. how these guys are going to work around right. each other, and there's 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 challenges to that. Yeah. But last year, the pretty much the entire year, the conversation was, we know where the points are coming from. KD and DeAndre, nowhere else. Most nights, yeah. there were times when guys. Who's third? Yeah, it was always that was the yeah. whole conversation. Who's number three? We don't know who number three is. If you have four or five guys that can go get ten to fifteen every night, that's a completely. I mean, that's yeah. that changes the game for this team offensively. If you have that many guys who can go score, maybe they don't have that one elite score like Kendrick Davis. I can make an argument that DeAndre Williams is that guy. We've seen him score in bunches and put up big games, but. For argument's sake, let's say that people say they don't have that one elite score. I'll take five or six really good scores yeah, on the same for sure. team. For I'll sure. live with that. For sure. Now, I uh, I have to say on the show, when I was talking about this live, I guess I stepped in it a little bit. I had a tongue-in-cheek conversation. I was like, you know, when is, when is it time to move on? And people took that way out of context. Yeah. I was just laughing about it because he's 27 years old. Right. It's like, damn, you know? And I'm not... He should come back. You can get more NIL money, and you don't have to deal with a Serbian winner. Right. Like, you know right. what I mean? Yeah. yeah, come, yeah. The, come the hell back. Absolutely. Yeah. It's better for you. It's better for everybody involved. Uh, but I did make that. I just sort of had a tongue-in-cheek joke. Right. The other thing I said that I think is interesting, and it, just, it doesn't have to do with just Penny Hardaway, but it, and, and people took offense to this. I had to clear it up. I feel as if Penny, over the years— we're starting to see when his back's up against the wall, when the, when the timing of everything is starting to drag out, he seems to do some of his most crazy, yeah. great work yeah. at that point. And I said, you know, he acts, he's acting in a little bit of desperation, but people took that out of context because they think desperate's a bad thing. Desperate's not a bad thing. No. Everyone in college basketball, because of the because of NIL opportunities and transfer portal and how hard it is to manage a roster— Everybody acts with desperation. Yeah, John Calipari has to act with desperation because now Chris Livingston's going to be gone. Oscar Sheway is going to be gone. He's got to worry about Antonio Reeves, and there's nobody out there on the transfer portal that he can bring back because he's saving scholarship for the for Sheway and, and and Chris Livingston. Yeah, a Juwan Howard couldn't land Caleb Love. Couldn't do, you know lost lost Hunter Dickinson. Jet, Jet Howard lost Hunter Dickinson. Kobe Bufkin's gone. Like. Yeah. You have to act in desperation to a certain extent. And I know Penny won't say it that way, but I think every coach in the country has to deal with it. But Penny, under the pressure, delivers yes. a lot more than most co- uh, coaches around the country. Absolutely. Yeah, we've seen, it. we've seen it time and time again in his career where I don't think it's been as, as bad as this time. Because this time, for two and a half months, we've been like, okay, <laughs> what's going to happen? But there have right. been many points. Well, but in- here's the other thing. I bet he... Because you know the DeAndre thing has probably been 
the wheels have been turning yes. for like at least two months. Right. Right. So I bet he was just trying to keep everything close to vest. Like everybody. Yeah. Calm down. And, that, and that's what I'm saying. Let's see it's if all, we can sort through this. It's all public perception. You know, like we don't know what's going on behind closed doors. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes. So all the while that fans and uh, media are speculating on what's going to happen. Does he have a plan? Like people are freaking out and starting to say, you know, this is a lost season. Yeah, like there's no right. way we're going to compete yeah. with FAU, a potential top five preseason team. And then here we go. <laughs> Land David Jones on Monday. The wheels are really turning on the DeAndre Williams stuff, and it's just like, okay, we see the vision now. Like we know you've seen it the whole time, but okay, we got we got the picture now. It's crazy, and it's starting to look. It's starting to. I mean, if you're a Memphis fan, like it's starting to look pretty appetizing to what this roster could it, look like. I, I do have to say something, and this is not a shot at like FAU fans and FAU in general, but as you get into the conference schedule next year against a team like FAU. I know what they did last year. I know they made it to the Final Four, but the Tigers only lost to that team by one. Right, and, and like people are just going to uh, just going to crown FAU at the top of the conference. One hundred percent, and I think that's fair. I think that's fine. But at the same time, like I, I people are going to put them on this unbeatable Houston like pedestal, and I don't think that's the case at all. No, I don't either. I think they're a really good team, and I think that backcourt is one of the best in the country with John L. Davis and Elijah. Yeah, one hundred percent. And getting getting both of those guys back is an, an absolutely massive win. But this isn't some unbeatable no, team. Do I, th no. I think they're really good? Uh, hell yeah, absolutely. 100%. I mean, they went to the national you should, championship. You should pick them to win the conference. Yes. But for, for obvious reasons. But I don't I think like you're saying, I don't think it has to be some landslide. And I no. think I think the reason it is is pretty obvious. Like FAU has so much continuity on their team, Memphis yeah. has none. So you But can, if you bring back DeAndre, there's some continuity. There's some for continuity. You. But I think that's that's the the outside vision right now is that you know FAU's bringing back the majority of their starters. Memphis is not. Yeah. And I, I get it. I'm just saying, yeah, like, I'm with you. I, don't, I see I don't, some of the national think, conversation on it. I'm like, I don't know yes, if that gap's that damn big, I, man. I, I, I really don't. I don't either. And especially, if you got to get back to DeAndre, DeAndre Williams. Williams. Yes, yes, I agree. But I, if that happens, that gap ain't. It, it's not that much. Yeah. No, I mean, I think I think there's a solid gap right now. Do I think Memphis could still beat them? Absolutely, of course. Anything on any given night. But you get DeAndre Williams back, and that gap is very small. Yeah, I, I think it's, and I wonder what the national conversation will be if DeAndre Williams, I do too, is back. Like, I'm what, very where, where with what preseason rankings, if you will? Yeah. Somebody asked me this question. I think it was Parth last week when I had him on the show. He asked me how high, how many spots. Let's just talk about a full preseason ranking, three hundred some odd teams. Yeah. How high would Memphis jump with adding DeAndre Williams? Like, how many spots? I mean, realistically, I said twenty-five I was, to thirty. I, I was just about to say twenty to thirty that, would be my a, guess. That's a, that's a huge, huge jump. jump that's a massive though. jump, that's, that's, especially for someone who doesn't play a quote-unquote premium position. Right. Like this isn't a point guard that they're bringing. This is a four. Yeah. They're bringing back a four. But when you when you peel back the layers, you know what DeAndre Williams does on the floor, off the floor, the versatility that he has. Yeah, I, twenty to thirty was exactly where I was going. Now, last thing on this front, when it comes to I've heard some like murmurs out there, and I know they only have one, technically one scholarship left. Yeah. If Mikey and all that stuff works out, which it seems like they're trying to make it work out. Penny did, he gave a non update today he when did. he talked to the press. But I've heard sort of some discussions about okay, if DeAndre comes back, 
they would almost want Malcolm to come back as a five because I don't know if DeAndre's overly interested in being a five. But at the same time, you sort of you, it, with the roster they have, it would be kind of positionless. Where you right. could just put like you could insert Nick Jordan in there, and they could like sort of switch off defensive assignments in yeah. that regard, and guarding the opposing team's five. But what did you have you heard anything like that? I I, I understand the the thought process behind it, but honestly, like with the way that this roster is constructed, I I, I wouldn't blame DeAndre for not wanting to be a full time five. Though. I wouldn't either. But like you said, there's things to alleviate that. I think Nick Jordan's the obvious answer because right now, as we're sitting today. He's your five. Yeah. Like, he is the five. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like, he is your center. Um, so, I think there's a way to get around that. I don't think DeAndre would have to primarily play the five even if the roster stood pat because I think I think Nick Jordan's better suited for that than DeAndre. Yeah. Nick, yeah. Jo- Nick Jordan is more of a banger than DeAndre Williams is. I'm curious how this all works itself out because we say there's one scholarship left, but – if I know Penny in this era in general, in a month, we could be like, oh, they have three more. Right. Where the hell did they Where get did that three come more? From? Yeah. yeah. How'd that happen? No. So we'll see. It's definitely possible, but exciting times. Things change fast. We love that. We love yep. to see it. We love to have news to talk about. Yes, we do. And news isn't only happening. <laughs> come on. <laughs> I, 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 I feel the wheels turning on this transition. I need it. It might come be a on. little. It might be a little. Put it light. in my veins. All right. Uh, news might be, you know kicking up for the Memphis Tigers, but news is also kicking up everywhere else. And we know who stays on top of it always. Kenny's constantly on the computer yeah. checking it out. What's going on? Refreshing Twitter. Yep. What's going on in the NFL? What's going on in the NBA? Yeah. What's going on in the MMA world? So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from some sponsors. And on the other side, we'll get the hot three This from is one Kenny. of the lamer ones, though, but let's get to the hot three. <laughs> Carmigo makes it easy to sell your car while still getting the best price. Instead of taking your car from dealership to dealership to compare offers, Carmigo uses their virtual vehicle scanning technology to bring the dealerships to you. Simply use your phone to take a few pictures of your car, answer a few questions, and they'll share your car's listing with a whole network of buyers. And you can do it all from your phone. Buyers typically receive multiple offers on their cars in as little as a day. Plus, Carmigo handles all the paperwork. They'll even pick it up. What's up, guys? I'm so excited to announce that we have partnered with Coaching for Literacy, and you can read more about them at coachingforliteracy.org or follow them on social media at Coaching for Literacy. Your subscription to Bluff City NIL is 100% tax deductible because of our partnership together. Thank you for supporting Memphis Tiger student-athletes and helping promote the monumental cause of childhood literacy. of all time it will be changed next week hot three baby <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't had a chance he got like Your thunder game. was stolen hey I'm, i had I'm, to i'm down for it hey, hey guys this is the <laughs> this is the hot three we're back <laughs> i don't feel like i can match gabe's energy on that i had to I all had right to. i'm sorry brother you boys ready yep. Let's do it. hot three let's get into it bro this is one of the best NBA Finals. I, I have a good. feeling that this is going to go down as one of the better ones ever. Last night, obviously, Miami in Denver beat Denver 
after being down by a lot of points, came back. Um, the second half, man, just it's now it's tied up one to one. What are y'all's thoughts so far, man? In in this NBA Finals, has it been as exciting? And do you think it's going to continue to be a series? Um, yes, I do think it'll continue to be a series only because the Heat just have this like extraordinary will. Like they just yeah. have like and Spo is all like let's yeah, just call it Spo man. is an incredible coach, yeah, no question. But that Heat team, it just defies logic. Yep, what they're able to do and like you know, game two for them was really just 49% from three. Yep. Uh, they were knocking down their, their shots. They made, Max seven, Struess they made 17. Was, yeah, Max Struess was four for seven in the first quarter from three when he was 0 for nine the game before. Gabe Vincent led the team in scoring with 23. 23. I don't know if there's a – I said this today. I, I don't think there's any team besides the Heat that could get away with Gabe Vincent being their uh, leading scorer, leading in, the scorer in the NBA Finals and winning a game. Yeah. I just don't think that would be possible for anyone else. Um, but they just have this edge about them that has carried them this whole way, and they did what no one else could do throughout these NBA playoffs, and they beat the Denver Nuggets on At their home. home floor. It's just, it's crazy. Yeah, I was, I can't remember what I was watching the day. Oh, it was uh, Draymond and Steve Kerr yep. talking about the game, and it's 100% true. I mean, when guys, great. guys that good, you know, know, know the game so well, know what they're talking Can about. Can I tell like, you what I think you're about to bring up? Yeah. Turning Jokic into a scorer. That's exactly what it yep. was. That's what it is. And that's what Spo did. He was like, and, and this is all from Steve Kerr. I mean, I thought this a little bit, but I don't have the brain that Steve Kerr and Draymond Green have when it, Green have when it comes to basketball, obviously. But it was he was he was talking about obviously Jokic having forty one and ten last night, like he or Sunday night. He went off. He was incredible as he's been the entire playoffs. But he, Steve Kerr was like, Jamal Murray is the head of the snake. Yeah. I don't know if I agree but with it's, that. It's, exact it's the way that thought. he. It's the way that he explained it. You know that Jokic is their best yes. player. Spo knows that. Kerr knows that. Mike Malone. Everyone knows that Jokic is their best player, and he's going to get his regardless. He's done it all season. He's done it the last three or four years. Like he's going to get his. But they are more dangerous when Jamal Murray scoring twenty five yep. plus and shooting fifty plus from the floor. So let's agitate Jamal Murray. Let's not allow him to get comfortable. Let's not allow the role players to get comfortable. And that, that's exactly what they did. MPJ was terrible. Yeah. Aaron Gordon didn't play extremely well. Jamal Murray wasn't as efficient as he usually is. Bruce Brown was probably their second best player in game two. 11 points, shot well from the floor. They just didn't have much outside of Jokic. And that was clearly the game plan. Let Jokic get his. Don't let anyone else yep. get comfortable. Don't let anyone else beat us. And uh, no one else has employed that tactic because Jamal Murray, one, has been so good. And two, no one wants to let Jokic go for 41. I, but it worked. I think that the Nuggets can handle that. Though. I do, too. Because they can get into that two-man game with Jamal Murray, and Jokic frees up so much space on those pick and rolls yep. and those little drop-off passes that I think you can and get they, past but they, that. But they weren't there. But what the, what they the weren't heat, there. What the Heat did was... We're going to single cover you. We're not really going to blitz you unless you get right there down by the rim. We're going to try to agitate you when you get there if Jokic is putting up a shot. Yeah. But all of the other four guys are just blanketing yeah. and on the, the perimeter, and he's no he has nowhere to, to pass. pass it to. No so outlets. he has to go up and, yep. and go get it for himself. I I saw Eric Spolstra after the game, though. Did you catch that with Ramona Shelburne? Yeah. Ramona Shelburne asked about making him a scorer versus you know letting him facilitate. Uh, facilitate. And he was like, to the untrained eye... You know that's he's, that's stupid. Like he just completely knocked it off, um, and I, I bet you know if he was being completely honest, he'd say, "I just don't want to give up our game plan. Game plan here." 
Um, but he said, to the untrained eye, that may be what you think. Well, to the untrained eye, if I just look at the statistics on Jokic uh, and his assist numbers and his scoring numbers, when he scores 42 points per game, well, in, in the losses so far in these in the, in the postseason, yeah. he scored 42 points per game. Right. Their last, time, their last nine games where he has five or less assists, they're 0-9. They've lost their last nine when he has five or less assists. Right. During the regular season, when he had 10-plus assists, they were 34-4. and four. When he had 10 or less, they were 14-17. and 17. Mm-hmm. Like, the numbers tell you the exact story that Ramona was trying to put out there right. um, and, and, and talk to Eric Spolstra about. But he said, well, to the untrained eye, that may be what it is. No, that's what it is. If yep. you make him a scorer and a scorer only and you don't let him throw his guys open and get a whole bunch of assists and facilitate from the high post, you have a chance of beating them. Yep, and they limited him to four assists on yep. Sunday night in game two. So I, I really thought a sweep was possible because yep. the Nuggets are that much better of a team. When they were up 15 in the second quarter, I was thinking yeah. that way. Yeah, but the thing is, like, when you have such good game planning and players that are so bought into the system and to their role and to their respective jobs and duties that they've been assigned, then you can win games. And, and I mean, they were – what, they outscore them by 11? Uh, in the fourth quarter alone, I think it was 36-25 in the fourth quarter. So uh, the Heat don't back down. I mean, what what they what they're able to do down in games is incredible, especially with not really having any high volume scores at yeah. the mo- like. J- J- obviously, Jimmy Butler is, but, but he, he, he's he not, hasn't been. He's not really himself because of the ankle, right? So they don't really have any high volume. Bam's shooters. been pretty consistent, which I have to give yeah. respect to Bam because he gets he's gotten knocked down a few times in his career in, in, in playoff basketball. Yeah, where he's just not been himself game to game. He's been very consistent throughout the Eastern Conference Finals and now through the finals, the first two games. Um, one thing I just can't get over though, obviously, Gabe Vincent, Gabe Vincent with twenty three leading leading the Heat in a win in the NBA Finals, but also Duncan Robinson in that fourth quarter. Yep. 10 points, 10 points and going and challenging folks at the rim yeah. with his left hand just silky he's, right there. I'm like, what in the world is that? He's been buried at the at the back of that bench all year. Yeah. And in the playoffs, he just steps up. Those guys get their number called, they're ready to go. He's been the unapplauded hero for the Heat this postseason. Everyone's talked about Jimmy and Gabe Vincent, Caleb Martin. They've gotten a, a lot of the shine. Duncan Robinson has quietly been very, very good mm-hmm. just in accepting the role and doing what he needs to do on any given night. So I think we're in for a fun finals. I still think the Nuggets could take this in five or six. I mean, they're clearly the better team. But when you're when you're able to go in and still one on the road and now you're going back to Miami, crazier things. But uh, here's the thing, like <laughs> going into the Bucks series with the Heat, I felt the same way. Right. Like, there's no chance. Every time. Going into the Celtics series, I'm like, there's just no chance. I'll leave the Knicks out. The Knicks, they yeah, the Knicks they is the only the time. Yeah. But like the Bucks and the Celtics, I felt the same way. There's just no way. There's no way. So I'm not going to count them out. I still have Nuggets in six. Yeah. I'm going st- I'm gonna, I'm gonna to stick by it, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see. We will see. I would not be surprised. All right, Kenny, move us on. All right, big news dropped. This is the uh, second hot three. Uh, big news dropped actually during the first segment. Um, it was announced by Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN that our boy Trip Trip Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to be joining the Team USA for the FIBA World Cup in Philippines this year, starting in August. There's a lot that we can get to with that. There's a lot that that tells us about Jaron and whatever, but I want to get just y'all's initial thoughts about 
Jaron, a Grizzly, being picked to be a part of that team. That's really cool, man. He's 23 years old. He's the VP of the damn, one of the VPs of the damn NBA Players Association. He's shown his worth. He's won a Defensive Player of the Year. He's a first-team All-Defensive twice. Two-time All-Star. Just made an All-Star. Just one All-Star so far. But, like, this dude at 23 years old, man, this is one of the more accomplished guys we've seen at this young of an age in Grizzlies history. Oh, yeah. And, man, I, I, I have said this. On several different occasions. Not only is it going to be cool to see him play in the FIBA World Cup, but he, to me, when we look at the Grizzlies as a whole, he's the key to unlocking the championship contention. Yep. He's the key. Yeah, Jaws got the the all-star, uh, uh, superstar, you know, superstar upside. Um, Desmond Bain is getting way better every single year. He's creating. He's getting to the rim. He's doing a whole lot more on the offensive end. But Jaron... With how much he he does and bringing those defensive, uh, uh, you know, the defensive schemes together with what he is as a rim protector, with how good he was to end this year um, as offensively a as a scorer, like he is to me like the key to really unlocking this thing going into the future. Um, but you see reminders every day uh, that that he is that guy, that he can be that good, and this is just another example of him being right there with some of those peers he has on the FIBA World Cup team. Yeah, it's super cool. Like you said, it's just it's an awesome accomplishment for anyone. I mean, that's a cool thing for anyone that plays professional sports, professional basketball to be able to do that. But for a 23-year-old that's not been in the league long, that some may have written off after a couple of years because the development wasn't quite there. And injuries. You're right. And, and now, as you mentioned, someone who... Uh, just one defensive player of the year was an all-star is trending to be one of the better bigs in the NBA uh, over the next what eight to 10 years with how young he is and with how athletic and just the overall upside he has. So props to Jared. That's awesome. Yep. It sure is. Well, one of the things that I wanted to bring up about it and, and we can get past this real fast is, is just the idea that how many seasons has Jaron ended and having to go get some rehab, go get yep. some surgery and not been able to really develop do you guys expect him to come back? Obviously, he has no injuries. He's playing for the Team USA. Um, do you guys expect him to come back next season a different kind of player because of the experience he's about to have? Well, you know, I, the, the biggest thing is obviously avoiding injury there, and I'd feel a lot better about that. But as long – I mean, he started this year, if you'll remember, like on the sideline. Yep. It was like, what, 15 games he had mm -hmm. to miss to start the year. As long as he doesn't have that going into next year, you feel good about where his development will be, uh, how how good he'll be just starting the season instead of having to sit out and then have a ramp up period and everything else. Um, but no, I, I I don't know if this gives him an extra edge, right? But it's it's certainly a, a cool thing to play for your country. Yeah, I'm right there on that. Like regardless of if he was going to play for Team USA or not. With him being healthy and, you know, fingers crossed him staying healthy throughout the offseason, I ex I expect a big jump next year anyway and for his development to continue to skyrocket because he doesn't have to, as Gabe said, start the year on the bench. Like, if he gets a full offseason and is able to go through camp and everything healthy and start the season healthy, I think we see a different animal from day one because he doesn't have that ramp-up period. Mm -hmm. All right, good stuff. Let's move on. This is the third topic. Um, UFC 289 is this weekend. Um, obviously, there was a change at the top of the card, but Amanda Nunes is back. Um, she is going to be uh, defending her belt at the Bantamweight title, or Bantamweight weight against Irene Aldana. Mm -hmm. um, some big fights on this. I think it's kind of a low-key card, but 
Um, biggest fight, I think, of the night is the co-main event, Charles Oliveira and Benil Dariush. What are you guys' thoughts on that fight? Respectfully, I think this card's kind of boo-boo. Yeah, I was going to say, Kenny, hit the want-want-want. <laughs> yeah, come on. I need the want-want-want. It's a little boo-boo. Yeah. I mean, it ain't, it ain't great. But, uh, I mean, Amanda Nunes not having Juliana Pena in there, who we've seen be able to compete in there with her, just hurts. Yeah. Right? Because he... <laughs> Like, especially going in there. Would you like to be the woman who has to step in there against Amanda Nunes on short short notice? Hell no. Absolutely you not. You know you're about, you're just walking into an ass whooping. 100%. Yeah, and Irene Aldana, I'm praying for you. I hope you can get it done. I hope you can compete. But no, I don't see that I being a uh, competition. I do like Charles Oliveira and Benil Dariush. Benil Dariush is one of my sneaky favorite fighters in it's the a, UFC. It's just fun to watch. I mean, he's just yeah, he always bombs. has good fight. Yeah, he's not scared. He'll march forward and he'll throw bombs. And he's got really good jujitsu that no one really knows about because he yeah. only throws bombs. Yeah. Um. So stylistically, I love that fight. You got the guy with the most finishes and most subs in UFC history against the guy that's not scared of anyone, has shown that he's not going to back down, and has the ground pedigree to potentially hang with Charles Oliveira. It's just not something... Uh, that we've seen a ton of because he's so willing to just get in firefights and stand in there and bang with people. So that is easily the best fight on this card. Like outside of that, uh, Dan Ige's on the card. Nate Landwehr's on there. Yeah, Nate Landwehr. So there's there's some solid fights, you know, for for non-casual fight fans. There's not a lot of big names on this card, though. Like, where are they fighting at? I'm not sure exactly where this Canada, is. Canada, maybe? Is it Canada? Yeah. Is this Toronto? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're not in Toronto. It looks like they're in. Hold up. Let me check this out. They're in Rogers Arena, which is Vancouver. Vancouver. They're in Vancouver. So this is the first time going back to Canada in a while. I know that's something that yeah. they've wanted to do. So back in Canada. So the crowd that, that's a big the crowd's gonna be awesome because the Canadian crowds are yeah. absurd. Like they yeah. are such good crowds. Um so it'll be it'll be fun. Like it, this isn't like a blockbuster card like we're used to seeing this time of year. I'll be watching though, it'll be fun. Right. It'll be fun regardless. It'll be be a good night of fights, but we've got some on the horizon that yeah, make me a little bit more excited yeah, than this for one. Sure. For I, and, sure. And like you said, I mean, Juliana Pena falling off the card. That kills you. It, it, it kills the it card. Wasn't a, it wasn't an impeccable card anyway. It was solid. Uh, but losing that and throwing in Irene Aldana is it takes a lot of the a lot of the shine off. Of we got to give some respect to Irene Aldana I'm, stepping any, in there on anyone, short notice. Anyone God. that's going to take a, a Amanda Nunez on a on a short notice fight absolutely deserves props. But that is a tough place to be in, man. That is an unenviable <laughs> place to be in for sure. Oh no, that poor woman. I hope I hope she makes it out all right. That's all I'll say. And if you saw Amanda Nunez in her last fight against Juliana Pena, yeah, no, I saw. I saw she was locked in. Yeah, she looked motivated. <laughs> yeah, she looked like, real motivated. Oh uh, that's Irene Aldana's only hope is that uh, Amanda Nunez is not motivated, but we've only seen that version of Amanda Nunez one time. Mm. So we shall see. Uh, it, it, it should be fun. Yeah. Not right. great, but fun. Uh, fellas, we got anything else? Are we wrapping it there? I think we're good. Yeah. All right. Cool. We appreciate you guys for joining us. If you are watching on YouTube, like, subscribe, comment. If you're listening to us, subscribe also, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Before we get out of here, we've got to give another shout-out to Carmigo. Head over to carmigo.io slash on the bluff for $50 off. We appreciate you guys for joining, and we'll see you back here next week. Thank you for listening to On the Bluff. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a rating and a review wherever you download your podcasts. Also, like and subscribe to Bluff City Media's YouTube page. Head over to www.bluffcitymedia.co for comprehensive coverage of Memphis sports and how you can become an insider.